Good morning. I'm Angela Davis, and you're listening to NPR News. So glad you could be with us today. When was the last time you went to a play or a dance performance or bought or enjoyed a piece of art made by a local artist? Minnesota is known for its lively arts and culture scene, but a strong arts culture doesn't just happen by accident. It takes supportive audiences. It also takes money donors and organizations that support artists and arts organizations. And one of those funding organizations here in Minnesota is the Jerome Foundation. It's a private foundation that's been around since the 1960s and has supported hundreds of artists early in their careers, giving them the support they need to delight and challenge the rest of us. So in the studio with me today is the new president and CEO of the Jerome Foundation, Eleanor Savage. Good morning, Eleanor. Thanks for making time for us. Good morning. Thank you so much. You wrestled your way through downtown traffic like the rest (laughs) of us here today. Definitely. (laughs) Well, a little bit more about Eleanor. Before stepping into this new role, she was the program director at the Jerome Foundation for 15 years. Eleanor has been a freelance video producer, a curator, and she was the director of events and uh, media production at the Walker Arts Center for 16 years. She's a longtime activist for racial and LGBT. BTQ Justice, and she's vice president of the board of directors for Grant Makers in the Arts. And that's the National Association of Grant Making Organizations that fund arts and culture. Um, so first, what is it about the arts that you love that you want to help spread the, the joy and power of, Eleanor? Oh, my goodness. So uh, I, I didn't grow up with, in a, an environment where I was exposed to what I thought of at that time as arts. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you were in a, a, a smaller community in Georgia, Macon, uh, Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And in a working class family and was really introduced through uh, to the arts through high school and then and then on to college. And I, you know, I came to the arts through uh, social justice um, activism. And, you know, it really uh, just took my heart and mind Um because of the the way that artists are storytellers uh, and the way that art can help make meaning, uh, help us process, understand something about the world that we're in, um, and also raise awareness, uh, especially from that kind of social justice perspective. What were you seeing? You're, you're white, yes. but you, were you reading uh, about the black experience? Did that get your mind going? Yeah, in high school, I uh, was given a, a reading list by an English teacher. We were expected to do, you know, quarterly mm-hmm. book reports, and I read uh, "Go Tell It on the Mountain," uh, and <laughs> was, you know, among many other um, books, but that one in particular, uh, which is, you know, James Baldwin, is about a young. Uh, black teenager who is coming to terms with his sexuality. I'm also gay and, you know, was in that moment of like, I know I'm gay, but what do I do? How do I find my way in the world? And also coming from a, um, a Baptist family um, and struggling with, you know, religion and mm-hmm. uh, how to move through that. And so... You know, it really started me on a journey of reading and, you know, looking for other books and writings and helped me understand, you know, experience beyond my own. And that um, 
I think that's what, what I think of like plays or musicals or even maybe a book that I have have read, how it, it sparks the imagination, but it also gives you an understanding of people in places that you may have never come into contact with. Absolutely, um, yes. Well, sounds like you're the perfect person for this, this role. Uh, for folks who have <laughs> never heard of the Jerome Foundation, uh, describe what it does. Uh, who do you give money to and, and for what? Uh, so we fund specifically early career artists uh, across all f- artistic fields. We fund in the state of Minnesota and in in the five boroughs of New York City. Why is that? Why Minnesota and New York? Because we're not necessarily coupled together. <laughs> <laughs> Our founder, Jerome Hill, was born in St. Paul, Minnesota, mm-hmm. and then lived a, a large part of his adult uh, creative life. He was also an artist as well as a philanthropist in New York City. And so we kind of honor those... Uh, to homes of mm-hmm. Jerome Hill. And yeah, I, in doing some reading about the uh, Jerome Foundation, uh, it was started by Jerome Hill in 1964. Uh, Jerome was the grandson of the railroad builder, James J. Hill. People know that name. And, and the son of Lewis Hill, the Hill family known for creating several foundations, uh, including the Northwest Area Foundation. So uh, Minnesota and the Twin Cities. But it makes sense. Uh if you are an emerging artist. Also, when you say early career artist, I could be, let's say I'm 55. Could I still be an early career artist if I'm just sort of exploring that later in life? Absolutely. We don't uh, define early career as young. Mm -hmm. Uh, We define it as the first like two to 10 years of your generative creative career. And we see that people later in life or as a second or third career discover, you know, I have a great voice or I'm a great writer or I'm actually a really good performer. You've seen that. Yeah, absolutely. People who even worked in the arts in an administrative capacity who who then retire or, or move out of that and move into making their own work. So the Jerome Foundation is known for um, making grants directly to individual artists and not just to organizations. Uh, People are selected as Jerome Fellows and receive $50,000 over two years to support creating new artwork. Uh, Tell me more about that, uh, the selection process. I mean, individual artists, that sounds like, how do you, how can you determine who has the potential to actually do something great with that grant? Well, we use a panel process for the review and selection of artists. Um, The panelists are all artists or arts leaders, people who have a really deep engagement with early career artists in a particular field. And we have an application uh, that we ask artists to respond to some questions about who they are as an artist, what their work is, what the context of their work is, who their inspirations are, who who they see as as their community, artistic community. And what's the range? I could be, an artist can be someone who paints, who sculpts, a poet, a dancer. Yeah, visual arts, literature, uh, music, dance, film video, uh, art and technology, um, really... Oh, wide range. Wide range. Multidisciplinary, because a lot of artists are not just siloed into one field. Mm -hmm. And... um, Again, what are you looking for? You know, the, you said the word potential, and we're looking for artists who have a potential, um, you know, as well as, you know, have have created their own work. And it's something that the, the panelists are responding to in terms of the potential impact of their work. You know, one of our core values as a foundation is humility. 
And we define that as we want to be in service to the artists and the arts organizations that we uh, are funding. And we want to fund artists and arts organizations who have that same value around supporting uh, the people in their communities. And so what does $50,000 over two years uh, to support uh, creating new artwork, what does that do? Does that allow someone to take time off from a full-time job and maybe work part-time? Does it allow them to buy something that helps them you know, create the art? What does that do? It does uh, both of those things and, and so much more because we've designed the fellowships to be flexible so we're not requiring specific things from artists, but we really give them the space to think about what do I want to do mm-hmm. over the next two years with this support. And it can range from, you know, anything related to their their creative life. So creating new work, um, developing uh, professional skills around, you know, there is the business side of art, mm-hmm. um, but also creative development. Uh, so it's very wide ranging. People sometimes, you know, take the opportunity to study with a mentor or to really dive into a project research or actually producing a project that they wanted to do as well. Travel might be involved or maybe yes. they need better marketing for what they're already doing, yes. spreading the word. Yes. Uh, and uh, last year, Jerome Foundation actually gave out $5 million in grants to more than 100 individual artists and about 80 arts organizations. Is that last year, $5 million in grants? Yes. That's a lot of money. It is. And the arts organizations, 80 arts organizations, what kinds of organizations are we talking about? You know, all it's, a, again, across all different artistic fields. Um, and we support small organizations as you know, well as large organizations. So really the whole gamut. What we're looking to support is an ecosystem for early career artists to develop and to have their work uh, presented. Uh, you can see my, my you looking at my face. My, my mind is just spinning. I'm like, I could be an early career artist. <laughs> and then what would you want to say to people who like maybe have had this passion or have this skill, but think that maybe I could take it to the next level? Because uh, I'm sure there are people who are listening to, who are thinking like, huh, maybe I should consider doing more of this. Go for it, I say. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> All right, let me pause here and ask our listeners to join the conversation. I want to hear from you. Are, are, you. are the wheels spinning in your mind, too? Are you an artist who has already benefited from a Jerome Foundation grant? We would love to hear your story. Or if not, tell me about your experience uh, with the Minnesota art scene. Have you been to a play, seen a dance or an exhibit lately that really challenged you or inspired you? How do you see the arts benefiting our state? You can call us at 651-227-6000. Again, the number is 651-227-6000. You can also call us at 800-242-2828. Our guest for the hour is Ellen or Savage, the new president and CEO of the Jerome Foundation, again, a private foundation that supports early career artists in Minnesota and in New York City, as well as nonprofit organizations. Uh, Give us a call, 651-227-6000. All right, Eleanor, back to you. Um, So prior to becoming the president and CEO this year, I think it was in April is when the announcement came out. Yes. uh, You were the program director. What does the program director do uh, at the Jerome Foundation? What were you doing? Program directors are involved directly with the artist uh, in helping them 
move through or even consider applying to see if if what our application is aligns with with particular artists, helping them through that application process or arts organizations as well, and then doing all of the work with um, you know the official uh, panel process and the contracting. So it's kind of a a, a full service um, position Te- that technical. works directly with. Yeah. Well, it's technical, but it's and you know an, another really big part of it is being out in the community and meeting artists and meeting arts leaders and you know having developing those relationships mm-hmm. over time. Uh, that it's a huge part showing up in the community in the arts community for the artists and the the organizations that we support. And that's how you and I met. I I agree with you. It is important to show up at community events, and that's where you can meet people. Right? Yeah, you never yeah. know what will come out of it. Uh, you and I bumped into each other um, at a, an event. Um, organized by Penumbra Theater in St. Paul. They were announcing their plans for the upcoming year, and we were seated next to each other. And so um, what would you say about that? Just the like what that does, I think, for any organization when you have leaders show up in community and actually, you know, sit and talk with people? It's that it is the relationship piece. So really, that's how you understand who someone is or who an organization is, what they're about. You know, that event that we were at, Daniel Alexander Jones, who's on the Jerome board, as well as Sarah Bellamy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Daniel was uh, stood up and, and gave a really moving speech about history and legacy. Uh, and so you, you just learn so much uh, in those moments and that ability to connect. Connecting is people. Right? so powerful. And he teaches out in Los Angeles. He, he, uh, yeah, yes. California. Yeah. Right? He used to be in New York City, and he just recently moved there. So um, the language, um, well, some of the things that, that you all describe on the website, um, first of all, you talk about equity. Uh, equity is a, a core value um, in, in 2022, and that became something very um, central to the Jerome Foundation. Um, what was going on in 2022 last year where you all decided that equity needed to be a core value? Like, What's the connection with the arts? Yeah, so just a quick definition of equity. Uh, there are many ways to define this, but I think a, a shorthand is that it's about reducing barriers to access and about I- increasing uh, the resources uh, a, with, without any regard to identity factors such as race, mm-hmm. uh, such as um, that kind of intersection of uh, LGBTQ, uh, economic status, you know, all of these things that impact us. And so <clears throat> Jerome Foundation had <clears throat> been in conversation for many years uh, to think about how do we want to bring this in as a core value. And we had already been working on, you know, kind of decreasing barriers and making our process more accessible to artists and thinking about who are we funding? Who is involved in the decision-making uh, for that funding? And one of our core values was already diversity. So we were paying attention to this. And I think that over the, you know, certainly we were impacted by uh, COVID and the racial uprisings and and really deeply thinking about how do we truly embrace 
the equity. We- Some of the language on the website says uh, those you want to focus on those whose cultural narratives and practices have been excluded. Who's been excluded from funding? Well, race is one of the biggest uh, variables in for exclusion in funding. Uh, if you look at any of the studies, the statistics, you know, black and brown people are, you know, traditionally underfunded, and we really want to we want we want to change that. All right. Well, let's uh, let's take some phone calls from our listeners as we talk with Eleanor Savage, the president of the Jerome Foundation, a foundation that does a lot uh, to support individual artists as well as arts organizations across Minnesota and in New York as well. You can give us a call at 651-227-6000 or call us at 800-242-2828. Let's take a phone call from Minneapolis this morning. Uh, V is on the phone. Good morning, V. Good morning. Hi, what did you want to tell us? <laughs> oh my gosh. I hey Eleanor. Hi V. <laughs> I um I just wanted to call and share about my experience being a recipient of the Jerome Hill Artist Fellowship in twenty twenty one and just touch on some of the questions that you had about like well, what can an artist do with that funding over two years. Yeah, congratulations. What kind of uh, of artist are you, V? Oh, thank you. I'm a, I'm a multimodal performance artist, and what that means is that I am a artist um, and also a leader in multiple creative industries. So I'm on the on the art side making stuff, but I'm also the producer that is in charge of everything that gets made across multiple industries. Um, so singing, dancing, acting, everything. <laughs> and so, uh, when you uh, earned the grant, what were you able to do? What did you do with that money and that time? So I was able to work on some much larger projects than I was able to do um, without it. Um, So I created, one thing I've done is created a short film, um, and I've also created a podcast, like these larger projects that allow me to um, communicate more about what I do to more people in a more clear manner. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really one of the main things that the space and time allows for. It gives you space to do bigger projects, um, work with more people. Um, because without that support, I was really just piecemealing my projects together, really only able to see but so far ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you've heard so far, I work in uh, many different industries. And so bringing together people across many industries takes a lot of energy, time, capacity. You know, so my I was, my work was really kind of plateauing. You know, I couldn't really make anything bigger than so much because I'm only mm-hmm. one person. Mm-hmm. So this really ac- accelerated it, uh, your your career. And so what do you mm-hmm. want people to know, like, you know, who are thinking uh, or maybe who are in a situation that you were in like, two years ago? Like, I, I'm doing this, but I want to do more. What would you say to encourage? Mm-hmm people to sort of go with that 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 gut feeling like this, I could be bigger than this I just know it I think the most amazing part about the application for this particular program was the questions that were asked were the most important questions I needed to be answering and so I knew that upon submitting the application I felt confident I was going to accomplish what I was going to accomplish with or without the funding because it pushed me to answer questions I needed to understand Mm -hmm. to get to my next level. And so I think like just really, I think that Jerome has a really good um, thumb on the pulse of artists like me, you know, artists who are really hopeful and big visionaries, you know, because the application didn't ask me to submit a plan. Mm -hmm. Didn't ask me to give, give us this entire detailed budget. Tell us what you're going to do with every dollar. (laughs) It's like, no, where, what do you see for yourself? 
and what is in the way of you getting there? Oh, Very I like simple that. questions mm-hmm. that are really pointed that allowed me to actually consider the answers without being overwhelmed by what those answers might be. And the, what are you working on now that you're excited about or you want people to know about? Oh, I'm about to release that short film that I mentioned. <laughs> oh, What's, does it have a title? The podcast is about to come out at the top of the year. <laughs> okay, what do these the the podcast does it does it have a name or what is what is the Yes, um so the short film is called Center Play. It actually was a stage play that I created that I tra- that I evolved into a short film because of this funding and support. Mm. Um the show was canceled, you know, due to COVID and and had an opportunity mm. to continue to bring it to life. Um the the podcast uh is called it, I don't want to say the name yet because I haven't put everything, you know, registered everything. Mm-hmm. Just like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want us to um, steal it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so all of those things, you know, being able to like fulfill my largest vision to date because of that support um, and having the malleability and support of Jerome. I mean, like, if, if you don't hear from nobody else, just hear from me that oh. they are there to support you. V, thank you so much for calling in and sharing your story. Uh, It has to be satisfying to hear. You can just hear the transformation and, and, you know, the story that that she's described. Just the the process of filling out the application, really think about who am I, what am I trying to do, and what's getting in the way. Yeah, I think the big thing that we want to communicate to artists is that we trust you. And we have deep respect for you. And we love you. (laughs) Um, And so we want people to experience that not only through the application process, but through the grantee process as well. It's really important. And there's there's obviously a business aspect to this as well, the marketing and and the connection. So that's also what your your fellows or grant recipients receive as well, the guidance. We don't have a particular uh, program that we Jerome Foundation offers, but we do partner um, with the MAP Fund that provides individualized coaching if artists mm. want that. Mm-hmm. We also provide financial workshops, and we're hoping in the future to expand for legal workshops as well. Let's take another phone call as we talk with the uh, president and CEO of the Jerome Foundation, a foundation that supports artists throughout our state and in New York as well. Eleanor Savage is here with us in the studio. Uh, share your stories, ask your questions, 651-227-6000. In St. Peter, Stanley's on the phone this morning. Hi, Stanley. What did you want to ask or tell us? Stanley, are you there? Okay, not hearing Stanley. Uh, we'll come back to him, maybe. Uh, let's take another phone call. In St. Paul, we've got Rob on the phone. Good morning, Rob. Thank you for calling in. Are you an artist as well? Yes, I've been a photographer for, you know, 25, 30 years. And um, I've, I've also a painter and uh, founder of Screenwriters Workshop uh, and the oh Screenlabs program, which is a, a professional development program for filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on Jerome panel, the media review panels for many years with uh, Robert Bird, um, who I, you know, the late Robert Burton, he was very instrumental in uh, in supporting media grants, artists, media arts um, artists, uh, and uh, and the, the, in those panels, uh, we would review uh, many uh, proposals and uh, you know mm-hmm. projects that artists were um, involved with uh, making and the. the it was an incredible experience to just see 
all of these people, the diversity of the uh, of the uh, um, artists that were creating works in Minnesota. <clears throat> and so, Rob, are you excited to see uh, Jerome still going strong after all these years and really elevating the work that artists are able to do? I mean, yeah, obviously. I mean, Jerome is just fundamental. Um, it's a touchstone for um, artists and, you know, emerging artists in their careers. And, you know, it's just, it's a primary source of of, uh, of our uh, artistic community that uh, is so fundamental um, that you know that obviously Pharrell needs to continue um, on in their um, mission. Thank you. That's Rob calling in uh, from St. Paul from Lower Town in St. Peter. Let's go back again and see if we can check in with Stanley. Stanley, are you there now? Yes, I am. Hi, Stanley. What did you want to tell us? Are you an artist as well? I'm an artist. I'm an art professor. I'm the president and CEO of Collateral Healing Initiatives. Uh, I'm also vice president of Virginia Group Foundation. We give $60,000 grants to sculptors, and it's international. Are you a sculptor? I'm a sculptor, but I sculpt, and my thing is collateral healing initiatives. My work, if it doesn't reverse climate disintegration, it's not art. Don't do it. Don't make it. We have enough of that. So um, I'm trying to understand what that means. So you're focused on um, uh, art or sculpting, I guess, in your case, that has a, a minimal impact on climate change? Yes, I created a sculpture that turns paper into wood. It filters air, it filters water. Mm -hmm. And I built countertops out of paper for Herman Miller, uh, Whole Foods, architectural firms, individual homes. And I even took all the money that was going into incinerator and being burnt and converted it into uh, countertops called counterfeit, made out of 100% (laughs) shredded money. That's amazing. And so... uh do you the have... question I have is emerging artists. An artist emerges every day. Mm. If they don't, they're not an artist. They stop. <laughs> so I have trouble with those categories. I always have trouble with dating work because I take paper out of the landfill. I turn it into a product, but that paper is utilized for 500 years. So the dates on my work go from the day it was made to 500 years in the future. All right. So if you cut down a tree, utilize it for 500 years, you're going to uh, uh, grow several more trees within that 500-year mm-hmm. span. That's my art. So that's Stanley in St. Uh, Peter. And there is so much around us in the world right now that could inspire art. And so you hear him talking about being a sculptor and, and his focus on uh, the climate crisis. And are you seeing that 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 as well, just all kinds of inspirations uh, that artists are, are experiencing right now? Absolutely. Um, artists are working on every conceivable <laughs> thing about our communities and society that we can imagine and, and also propelling imagination for what we can't even see currently. Uh, back to the phone lines in Minneapolis. Lily's on the phone. Lily's been holding on. Thank you for waiting. Good morning. What do you want to tell us, Lily? Hi. Hi, Eleanor. It's Lily Tuncrystal. Hi, Lily. And um, Lily, what's I'm your sorry. connection? How do you know Eleanor? So I'm the artistic director of Theater Moo, and Eleanor, I, I um, entered the position in 
Gosh, 2019 at Eleanor and I have known each other since then. Um, the Drome has done amazing work supporting BIPOC theaters and supporting Theater Moo. Um, we world premiered two shows last year and this year. One last year was a new musical by Katie Kavang and Melissa Lee. It was the first Hmong American musical ever made. And Jerome supported that. And then this year we're world premiering a show with History Theater that Jerome helped us commission and develop um, by Jessica Wong and Jasmine Graywood. And it's called the Kim, um, Blended Harmony, the Kim Lu Sisters, the new musical about four sisters who grew up in St. Paul, um, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and they were half Polish and half Chinese. And they were called the Chinese Andrew Sisters. So they worked on Broadway and Hollywood in the 1930s. And it's about their careers and how discrimination or racism affected their um, their work. And Eleanor and the Jerome Foundation has, has supported us building and, and developing Asian American plays. And so, Lily, what do you want people to know about um, the the value of having a foundation like the Jerome Foundation supporting, uh, you know, early career artists and organizations so that that, that work can continue? Well, I, I, you know, we wouldn't have been able to do this work without the Jerome Foundation and Eleanor's support. And I think it's life changing. The, the support that Jerome has given us and our artists um, has literally changed lives and affected entire communities. For instance, for Katie Covings, again, the new, new musical that we premiered last year, the rows of Hmong American um, audiences came in and we were sold out. Like people were waiting. Like we had, we had 30 people waiting in line um, the last half of our run just to get in to see the show if they're on standby. And so it, it really inspired not only the artists, but an entire community of of you know refugees and immigrant the primarily refugee and immigrant community and so i think i think it really it really is life-changing and at Moo, we you know we often say that the reason for the rise of anti-asian violence is because people do not hear our stories mm-hmm. and the fact that jerome is supporting those stories and and helping us tell them and um yeah it speaks that, to the, the power of the arts right absolutely and the other thing that Jerome does is we're part of the Twin Cities Theaters of Color Coalition, and Jerome is one of the foundations that work with us very closely to reinvent funding in the arts so that it's more equitable for BIPOC arts organizations. Mm. Thank you. That's uh, Lily on the phone there. And uh, thank you, Lily. Yeah. How does that make you feel when you think I hear about the impact and and what um, you know what an arts organization can do to help you know us understand each other better. I feel like we're aligned with our values at the foundation Mm -hmm. and that, um, you know, we're living our values. I think that it's so important to fund and and to pay attention to who we're funding and, uh, and how that money is distributed across all communities of artists and and arts makers. So earlier, um, you know, we talked about the fact that the Jerome Foundation is named after Jerome Hill, who was the the grandson of railroad builder James J. Hill. Um, He was a a filmmaker, right? And and Jerome Hill made films. How, what do we know about his approach to film? And and how has that, you know, influenced the foundation? Well, Jerome uh, learned filmmaking. uh, He was in the World War II in the Army Film Corps for a while. And he came out and was making, you know, very kind of traditional uh, Hollywood uh, uh, style documentaries um, 
successfully. He won a, an Oscar for his film about Albert Schweitzer. And, um, oh. and then he was introduced to experimental filmmaking in, in New York City, and he veered in that direction over the course of his filmmaking career. Uh, the film Portrait is uh, one of his iconic films. It was very experimental for that time and is still you know, recognized for that early experimentation. He started funding other experimental filmmakers uh, over the course of his career. And, uh, you know, Stan Brackage, who was a uh, experimental filmmaker, was one of the first filmmakers supported by uh, the foundation. So there's a, a long uh, history of support for filmmakers. In addition to the fellowship program, we also have a, a program for filmmakers, both in New York and Minnesota, uh, that provides pr- production funding. And so you're honoring him in many ways by, um, you know, I guess looking at the filmmaking industry and people who are making documentaries. Yes, right. absolutely. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of um, a lot of changeover in the arts community and in, in leadership. Um, we've seen uh, the, a lot of founders of long-lived theaters step down in, in the last couple of years. I'm thinking of Lou Bellamy at Penumbra, uh, Jack Ruler at Mixed Blood Theater, uh, Bain Belke at uh, Jungle Theater, uh, Peter Rothstein at Theater La Dida. What do you make of all these transitions? That's a lot over the last couple of years. It is. And it's it's pervasive across all different fields, not just theater. Uh, we're seeing this uh, both in New York and in Minnesota, and it's. A, I think it's some of it is uh, uh, generational mm-hmm. um, transition. Some of it is a, a thoughtful response to uh, coming out of COVID and the uprisings that happened, and kind of awareness, a new awareness around the inequities in in different fields, and wanting to make space. So white leaders moving out to create space for BIPOC leadership to come in. Um, so some of it is that kind of intentionality. Um, and some of it is people just reevaluating, what do I want to do? You know, I've, I've heard of a couple of arts leaders who are moving out of the arts into, uh, you know, becoming nurses. Really? Yeah, yeah. And you have, a, um, because you're in, in constant contact with so many arts organizations, you told me something like 80% of the organizations that the Jerome Foundation supports, they've seen a change in, in leadership. Eighty yeah. percent. Yes, yes. And so, for us, what does that mean? That like what we're about to see in the years to come could be dramatically different, or or more of the same. What do you think? What does it mean? It means it's an opportunity for change to happen. To be uh, maybe have a, a sense of what has currently happened, or maybe having different types of people have more say. Absolutely. Right, what we've seen in the yes. past. Right. Uh, let's take another phone call uh, in uh, Minneapolis uh, as we talk with uh, Eleanor Savage, the president of the Jerome Foundation. We have, I think I'm pronouncing this right, is it Masanari? Uh, yes. Hi, go ahead. Tell us. What did you want to ask or tell us? Um, uh, so I'm at the Pillsbury House Theater and yeah. uh, I'm running a program called Naked Stages. Oh my. What is that? that's this is a program mm-hmm. uh, supporting the early career artists in any discipline. And the Eleanor started this program when they were at the uh, Intermediate Arts. And then, you know, my understanding is that Eleanor started this program because there's, you know, this um, um, 
backlash about like you know why performance art suck, and then <laughs> she started to you know this town hall, and that's how Eleanor started this program. It's to this day this program continues nurturing early career artists, creating, you know, very, you know, like authentic voice and in their own definition, expanding the uh, idea of performance art. Okay. So I just wanted to say that. What is unique about the performances uh, uh, for Naked Stages? Uh, You said early career artists. Uh, What can you tell me about the shows? Uh, The shows, you know, uh, they ranges um, like, so it's um, it's early career, so they were at the very formative place of their uh, discipline. And the naked stages helps them to kind of, you know, like bringing, like, what is their voice, you know, forming? Like, um, like, and if you're doing dance, like, you know, so what is your authentic, you know, approach of this dance with the adding, like, you know, other elements, like, you know, of a uh, spoken word or uh, music elements or whatnot. So that can be solo then, performances. Uh, yes. And then, you know, it's like seven months long. So we nurture the artist. And then Eleanor started this program. And then, you know, I think this is a one of a kind, like, you mm. know, it's very authentic programming. Yeah. Thank you. That's uh, Masanari there at Pillsbury House Theater. Uh, tell us more about Naked Stages. <laughs> It is exactly what Masa said. Uh, there was an article that was printed, this was in the 90s, um, late 90s, about why performance art sucks. <laughs> and as someone who, you know, really kind of understood performance art over, you know, uh, more than a decade, I thought, okay, well, let's do something about, you know, the practice that goes into being a performance artist. You don't just kind of decide one day, oh, I'm going to be a, well, I guess you could. And then that would probably lead to why performance art sucks. But there's a whole, <laughs> a whole tradition of how to, to make work and um, incredible artists, a legacy there. Another phone call uh, in Minneapolis. We have Rush on the phone. Hi, Rush. What do you want to uh, tell us or share with us as we talk with the Jerome Foundation's president, Eleanor Savage? Well, good morning. Uh, first, of all, first of all, I had the great pleasure of working with Eleanor at Jerome once upon a time. I'll put it that way. And um, I, what makes Jerome Foundation so different from other uh, funders is that artists literally have a seat at the table. And so I think that's what makes it so unique and so special and, uh, and and Eleanor has a very has a, a very wonderful co- connection, human connection, uh, to to the artists, and so I think I'm glad that uh, her leadership. I'm glad that she's le- leading. She's uh, leading the charge at this point. And so, uh, what kind of artist are you? Well, I'm a musician, uh, poet, and visual artist. Hmm. And then what have you seen here in the Twin Cities that you think could really be improved upon? Or, or have you seen like limitations on just, you know, a- access that a lot of artists who are very talented just have haven't had a way to, to sort of elevate their, their, their platforms? Oh, oh yes. Um, I, 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 I think the tide is changing, but I think uh, it's only begun. Uh, I, uh, I think uh, 
I, th- I think that the the landscape uh, could be expanded. Uh, just me personally, in terms of um, you know, a lot of artists who are seen as I don't know, it's kind of, it's kind of a used term, but under still underground, and maybe deserve just a time to shine and um, and more collaboration amongst those who uh, are just kind of looking to have to. Uh, have have their time to tell their story. So more places where these uh, people's stories get told that are otherwise not being heard yet. Mm. Well, I like that. I always like. Thank you, uh, Rush, there uh, in Minneapolis. Um, one of the things I enjoy about being a journalist, and especially now being a talk show host, is um, telling stories or hearing from people that haven't really, you haven't heard from a whole lot before. And do you see the arts doing that? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, everything from... Uh, kind of reclaiming language. You know, I was at a show at the Cedar Cultural Center, um, and there was a, a for a Cedar Commissions program, and there was a Hmong artist who was a hip hop rap artist, stood up, started singing in English, and then went into Hmong language, mm-hmm. and the entire mm-hmm. crowd stood up screaming. Uh, and it was full of, you know, again, it was wall to wall people, standing room only, and people, uh, mostly young uh, Hmong people who were hearing their language. Mm-hmm. And the power of that, the power of hearing yourself represented, you know, I know as a, a queer person, as a, a butch identified uh, person, I don't often see myself represented on stage or uh you know in in film or if you do it's not in a in a positive way exactly exactly and so i think what is happening now is you know there are many opportunities and organizations and individual artists having uh uh support to create their work that you know helps show other people with that identity yes mhm you're here. We see you. We see you. We yeah, see you. we see you. <laughs> I see you. Uh, in St. Paul, let's uh, talk to Joe. Good morning, Joe. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, good morning. Um, I just want to say that I took a class from Eleanor 20 years ago, and I remember everything about it, from Little Richard, um, uh, William Klein's film, uh, from uh, Venus and the Pretty Horses, uh, to uh, expanding the definition of queer art to include not just drag queens, but drag kings, bio-drag, um, the diversity of uh, queer art that's not just uh, reduced to Stonewall or Harvey Milk, as important as those uh, as that person and that event is. But um, she is an amazing person and um, uh, just a wonderful mentor. And I'm glad that she's in charge of the um, Jerome Foundation. And as well, Jerome Hill, uh, also a queer man, um, uh, has done a lot for St. Paul himself. Mm. But that's what I wanted to say. Thank you, you, Joe. Thank Thank you. you. One of your mentees. Okay, and uh, one more phone call. Uh, We have maybe calling from St. Paul, not sure, but State Senator Scott Dibble on the line. Uh, Good morning, Senator. What do you want to share with us about the arts here in Minnesota and the Jerome Foundation? 
Um, great. Uh, thanks, Angela, and uh, thanks, Eleanor, for all of your leadership over the years. I just quickly wanted to mention um, the loss of an incredible community leader recently, Camille Gage, uh, who was yes. was a real leader and a, had a knack for bringing community together. She was a volunteer, an activist, and and her special talent was championing the work of many, many artists and bringing community and artists together uh, on large projects and a and lot, lot of large efforts. So in response, the YWCA has put together a fellowship that's funded through the legacy funds. Uh, and very soon that fellowship is going to be announced and it's really going to be geared towards upholding the legacy that Camille leaves in terms of bringing folks together, uh, championing the work of of artists, uh, uh, you know, fighting for things like racial justice and and uh, and uh, water rights and, and Native American rights and uh, racial justice and, and on it goes. Uh, she was just such a remarkable talent that this is uh, so this really is- incredible way to honor her legacy and people who are later in career and in, in really building these kinds of community activities. So this is a new state-funded arts fellowship um, yes. that that will be uh, is named after the late artist Camille Gage. Yeah. All right. Really excited. Thank you, uh, Senator. And, Thank you. Yeah, and, and in just our, our, our final minute uh, here, Eleanor, I just want to ask you about your dog, Petey, because if you take a look <laughs> uh, uh, at the show page on our website, there's a beautiful portrait of you with your dog, Petey. And what does Petey mean to you, and how does Petey inspire you? Petey is a certified therapy dog, so not mm-hmm. an emotional support dog, but uh, a therapy dog. She was a rescue, and she taught me that she wants, wanted to connect with people. Uh, and so she, we, we went through the training and, uh, before COVID, we were uh, doing regular visits to Tubman shelter and, uh, other hospital wards, uh, mental health wards. And the way that pe- uh, people respond just to the simplest, you know, touch, uh, PD is a good hugger, <laughs> um, teaches you a lot about the need for connection. And I think that's what artists do um, in, you know, a hundredfold in ways that, um, you know. Surprise us. Yeah, surprise us. Yeah. And help us grow. Well, our time is up for today. Um, I want to thank you, Eleanor, for giving us some time. I'm glad I bumped into you. Me too. Continue to go to community events. I can meet people like you. We've been talking with Eleanor Savage, the president and CEO of the Jerome Foundation, a longtime activist for racial and LGBTQ justice here in Minnesota. This conversation today was produced by Maya Beckstrom. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk again tomorrow morning at nine o'clock. Thanks for listening to a recording of my live radio show on NPR News. A reminder that if you want to catch my show in real time, tune in and call in weekdays at 9 a.m.